You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! The day after the schedule release. Glad to be here with you on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got the Mac and Mac guys. I'm Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. For those who were streaming in last night, hope you enjoyed the Eagle schedule release special here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and getting back up early with us, McMullen and McDonald. Uh, JM, I guess you were on before me last night. I was on last night, which was okay with me because at that point, the Sixers had already started getting <laughs> the Miami Heat, so yeah. uh, perfectly fine jumping on at 9 o'clock. You were on uh, previous? Yeah, I was on at 8 o'clock with Rob, Rob Ellis. So right as the schedule came out uh, publicly, uh, turns out the one I sent you earlier in the afternoon was dead on. So I'm glad because I, I formulated all my thoughts on that schedule. Because <laughs> as the day went on, everything was matching up, so I had a pretty good end- good indication it was the the right schedule turned out to be the right schedule um yeah and it's all positive and by the way those other those other philadelphia teams they make it real easy for the sixers uh for for the eagles uh to to grab the attention at all times from the the day i moved here in 1990 i found out it was a football town and it hasn't changed over the 32 years that I've been in town. This is still an Eagles first town. All right, uh, 18 weeks. 
17 games, the way that it spread out, the strengths, the weaknesses. We got two hours. Shoot, we got two months before we ever really need to put analysis to it. So we're going to do that today. We're going to do it with the help of a couple of guys who we know know their stuff as well. It'll be a triple Mac attack today. Glenn Macnow is going to join us coming up in less than 20 minutes from now. And Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philly will be on a little bit later. But I want to go somewhere else quickly with you, J-Mac, because uh, as I'm doing my homework last night to pop on here and to do it again with you this morning, where are the Eagles going to go? How many wins are they going to get? Where is strength? Where are the weaknesses? I started to look more at the team itself than the actual laying out of the games, because that's part of it. You have to think, is this a better Eagle team than the one that finished 9-8 and eight last year? Made the playoffs, actually nine and seven, because the JV game at the end of the year doesn't count, at least in my book, uh, but then got beat in the first round of the playoffs by the <clears> Bucs. <throat> um, how much of the Eagles improved? The team that ended last season as compared to the team on paper right now that's going to start the 2022 season. So play, play along with me here if you'd be so kind. Starting the trenches. Is the Eagle defensive line better right now than it was at the end of last season. Uh, yes. Brandon Graham coming back. You add Jordan Davis. All right, Fletch is getting a little old. Might take a step back. Don't know. Hargrave could play great, motivated by a contract, but uh, you never know either. But I am 100% with you. The defensive line is better than what it finished at last year. Is the offensive line better, worse, or the same? Uh, better, uh, better by, uh, my estimation that, uh, remember Brandon Brooks didn't play at all last year. So when we talk about, uh, him, I kind of put it aside, um, Isaac Sayamalo, you pencil him in as right guard, better football player than what they had there last year, whether it's Jack Driscoll, uh, who played a lot before he got hurt. Uh, and then we had the Nate Herbig, Suo Petta. So you have to see how it shakes out, but the potential is there. And I think Jordan Mylana just keeps getting better with more experience. Uh, that part of it is, is a big issue as well. You do get a year older with Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. So um, that can kind of balance out, but I, I would think on paper slightly better. Good was good to begin with, slightly better. Because I won't take the former starting left tackle out of the mix. I would say same. You're right. Two veteran guys. Can they hold <clears> the <throat> fort? Will they go backwards a little bit? Uh, certainly improvement. Mulata and Dickerson on the left-hand side. All that to me comes out to a push. But if I had to, and I do this all the time with this, the thing, and I'm going to do it with you at some point today, you're going to give me your number, what you think the Eagles are going to be uh, out of how many games they're going to And I'm going to do it live because I haven't even done it, Joe. Okay, I'm that's good. After you're done, I'm going to make you say move up a game or back a game because everybody come up with their number. You can figure it out, but then you have to say whether it's a strong, pick a number, any number, 10. A strong 10 or a weak 10. If I tell you can't be 10, you either got to go to 11 or come back to 9, which way you going, then that tells you whether it's a strong or weak. On the Eagle offensive line, I'm calling it a push. But if I had to move one way or the other, I would move up and say it's actually stronger rather than it's going back or and it's weaker. So they're, they're better in the trenches because they're better on a D line, <clears throat> same or better on the offensive line. Linebacker. Better or worse than last year's linebacking crew? Uh, much better. Have a chance to be much better. I will say that. Certainly more talented. Significantly better 
because I count Hassan Reddick as a linebacker. He's got to be either a linebacker or a defense. I see. I'm counting him as a pass rusher. You're counting him as a defensive end. I count him as a linebacker. Now, he's going to do a lot of pass rushing from the linebacker. Either way, it's significantly better, by the way. If you take Hassan, it's still significantly better because Uh, because of Kaiser White and because of N'Kobe Dean. Absolutely. A massive improvement. Who'd have thunk it? The Eagles (laughs) getting better at linebacker a position that we've been harping on forever that they de-emphasize, but I think they absolutely uh, massive improvement there. All right, uh, comparable on the back. The backfield, running backs, same, better, worse. Same. I would say same as well. A a little bit I hesitated there because of Jordan Howard, and he's effective for this team when he's needed, when they break the glass in case of emergency. But they could bring him back at any point. He hasn't signed with anybody else, so he may be back here again. So I would call it the same as well. Um, Wide receiver slash tight end. Much better. Much better. Major improvement with uh, the addition of A.J. Brown. Um, Defensive backfield. Uh, worse, worse. Um, and, uh, and, you know, right now I'm not going to say significantly, but it's a concern, uh, because not only, you know, did you lose players, you lost veteran players and you're, you're at least at this point, And we know whatever it is, may I'm looking May 13th, Jody, um, you know how he's consistently said he said it on uh, uh, Jacob Media with Rob and D Gun and Barrett and the guys. Um, you know it's not over. We're still looking at. I I assume there is somebody that is going to be added at some point, maybe multiple bodies. But when you're trying to replace veteran players, who who by the way you wanted to improve on, so that's not the most egregious part to me. But then you're you're replacing them with unproven rookies who don't have like it's one thing to draft a corner. It's one thing to draft Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner and say, okay, I'm gonna pencil him in because he's got significant, significant talent. And you're still gonna have some startup costs. But you know, to say I'm gonna replace a veteran player who knows how to play, who did a good job, and that's you know how I would describe Steve Nelson and Rodney McLeod. Um, with, with, you know, in, in the case of Nelson, a fourth round pick last year, who barely played a six round pick last year, who, who barely played, um, in the case of, of, of Rodney, a little bit better. And Marcus Epps sort of mixed in to the, um, the rotation last year because he earned it. Um, you got to put a flag next to that. You got to say, we got to watch this. I would agree. Um, and we got one position left to go. We'll get to that in a second. That is the most important position on the field. Uh, but quick review. Defensive line, better. Linebackers, significantly better. Offensive line, either holding their own and or a slight improvement. Wide receivers slash all receivers, tight ends included, significantly better. Running backs, about a push where they're at. Backfield, defensive backfield down. It's the only one, Johnny Mack, the only position out of all the Eagle positions which you say it looks lesser on paper than it was at the end of the season. Go get James Bradbury. Get it done. Howie, get it done. Pay what you got to pay to get James Bradbury in here 
You've got a team very much on the improve, improved it uh, uh, almost across the board with this team. They laid the schedule out for you yesterday. It's a doable schedule. It's a winnable schedule. It's a double-digit minimum schedule. Go get James Bradbury, and you're an actual contender in the NFC. Whoa, we're ready, Jody? Are we ready? We are ready. The, we are none ready. Of the, none of the John McMullen's uh, fear of – Oh, We're not, not ready. That's not, not John McMullen's We're fear. not that's ready everybody, yet. That's Get everybody James else's Bradbury fear. and you are ready, John McMullen. <laughs> uh, that's everybody else's fear. I hate that mentality. So I, I would have no problem if they went after James Bradbury. <clears throat> My thought process is he's going to be too expensive and they don't want to pay that for Stop his Stop with corner. too expensive. They, anybody can get anybody in the NFL. I'm saying, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm saying... Again, this is my thought of the Eagles mentality. Right. I You're not saying think, you would do this. You're yes. saying this is what you think the Eagles are going to yes. do. So when I yell at you, John, and I apologize, yes. I'm not yelling at you. Right. I'm yelling at Howie I just want to make it clear. I'm yelling though. at the Eagles organization. Get it done. Roll the dice. I just want to make it clear to the listeners. Um, I think they think it, it, if it's going to go to – Eight figures, so ten million more or 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 more a year. That a zone corner is not worth that kind of money. And I always talk about the discipline of this organization. Now, you know they've proven they shocked me with AJ Brown. I say that all the time. I didn't see that coming. I didn't think they'd pay twenty five million, but that tells you they really, really like the player. Do they really, really like James Bradbury? I guess it's a possibility. Um, they certainly like the length. They're always look. They're always talking about length of corners, and he's a a, a very long corner, so he fits him from a measurable standpoint. So maybe they do do it. Uh, but you know, typically, if the Eagles target a player, you know it right away. Uh, you hear the whispers behind the scenes. Except AJ Brown. We're yeah, only except, a couple of weeks removed from that not being the case, John. That is that is true, and that's a fair point. And you know, how he was playing the game there. And he said, you know, prior to the draft, well, we want to, we don't want to be like everybody else. We don't want to pay wide receivers $25 million. And then bang, he goes and pays a wide receiver uh, $25 million. So you never know. Um, I, I, I would recommend it if you're asking me personally. Uh, yeah, this schedule, this, you know, the NFC East, and I hate those strength of schedule things because it's it's worthless. You're talking about last year's teams, your buildings, but even so, you know, the four bottom teams are who? The NFC East, because a lot of the reason is because they play each other. The Eagles have, again, again, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL on paper. Um, a lot of things are going to change. You know, what, what do you need? The ball on the tee? You know, I've, I've been the one who criticized the we're not ready crowd. We're not yeah. ready. We can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do that. Oh, we're not ready for this no, player. Not we're not yet. ready for not that yet. player. Not yet. Not yeah. yet. Not yet. Yes, and yet. And meanwhile, as the Sixers tell, uh, show you in this town, not ready, not ready, not ready, not yet, not yet, not yet. That can go on for a very, very long time until you try and say, you know what? Why not? And again, I go back to 2017 because that's the only championship, uh, well, in the Super Bowl era in this organization's history. Nobody thought they were ready. So I don't like the we're not ready crowd. 
I would go get James Bradbury. I don't think the Eagles are going to get him, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to sit here and, well, all right, so let me put it to you this way. If the Eagles don't get Bradbury, let's say he signs, and I know a lot of people, oh, if he does a one-year make it deal. If he does a two-year deal that you can get out of after one year with a little dead cap hit in the next season, not a massive one, not a not a seven or eight million dollar dead cap hit, but another three or four million dollars if uh, on the second year of the deal, which he'll probably be here anyway. Do I think James Bradbury's going backwards at the end of this year that you're going to go, oh my god, we got to get out of this deal? Probably not. You're talking about a ten percent possibility. So if you're talking about a two year deal with a little bit of a risk that you might have to move on from him and take a dead cap hit why wouldn't you do that if you're talking about a three-year like a uh, even the honey badger deal at three years 33 million you can get out after two i think you're gonna have two years of bradbury get it done howie that's all i'm saying get it done there is no excuse in my yeah you uh, know i was for them when, not to do this when i was talking to rob last night one of the things i've noticed that has been a theme for howie whether it was here on Jacob Media, uh, he's been in other out- outlets on WIP with you guys over there. Um, and he said, you know, all right, you know, calm down. I think he, the term was, I got you, bro. I think he told Angela that I got you, bro. I won one. Give me, give me some time. He's sort of trying to, I, I think he's noticed there has been a change in expectation since the draft. Uh, the draft was the 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 point where it went from we're not ready to oh we're pro, pro we're pretty good. And one thing, and I'll use these Sixers as an example again. One thing I've noticed about Philadelphia, they skip steps by and large. Um, and I think Howie's a little hesitant, and and people assuming all right. We're going to go from this to that in record time. And I use Tyrese Maxey, everybody, you know, great, good young player, really good young player. You know, people were crowning him to use Dennis Green's terminology. Um, you know, then you get to the playoffs and people start game planning for you and adjustments from game to game. People were skipping steps with Tyrese Maxey. Uh, you know, he's got a ways to go. Um here, the perfect example with the Eagles, Miles Sanders, as a rookie. They were crowning him. And I said, uh, you know, be careful. I've been saying it for years. You know, he doesn't pass protect well. Doesn't catch the football. He's not in the right spot as an outlet receiver. You know, leaves a little bit too much on the field uh, when, a, when a run is blocked for five yards, trying to kick it outside instead of taking that just that five yards. We're still talking about it. Three years later, exact same things. And that now people are in the other direction. He's not going to get a contract extension. You know, be careful with skipping steps as well. That's the other side of the coin. All right. But I'm telling you, I am not an overreactor. I am not skipping steps. I am in the moment, John McMullen, looking at where they're at, looking at where the rest of the division is, looking at where the rest of the NFC is. Go get James Bradbury and you are a legitimate contender. Legitimate. And if you think that's me skipping steps, I, 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 I'm not a put the eagle colored glasses on kind of guy. 
I'm just giving you an objective. Yeah, well, I can't see. Here's why I can't go there, Jody. I don't think James Bradbury is going to be the difference between anybody being a Super Bowl contender and not being a Super Bowl contender. I do. I think he's a good player. You know, to me, and obviously it's the most obvious example, and I see Glenn has popped in the green room, so we got to get the break. But the most obvious part of it is Jalen Hurts and the improvement in the one position we didn't talk about. Now, if he turns the corner, then we're cooking with gas. But, you know, I can't say go get James Bradbury and you're a Super Bowl contender. I can't, I can't make that leap. Okay. Because the quarterback's going to be what the quarterback's going to be. You're not going to make any change there. There's no way to improve the team uh, via the quarterback position. There is a cornerback. Bradbury's far and away the best one available out there. And I think he would be a major upgrade for the Eagles. Well, there we agree. I think he'd be a major upgrade for the Eagles. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac here with you. Let's make it a triple Mac attack. The host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network. You hear him weekends on WIP. My ex-partner, Glenn Mac now joins us next here on Birds Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
It's officially a triple Mac attack here on Birds 365. McMullen, McDonald, and Glenn Mac now hosts the Eagles pregame show on their radio network, WIP, here in Philly, and Weekend Warrior on WIP at, in Philly as well. Uh, GMAC, last night Eagles sked came out. It got me excited because it looks pretty damn winnable. They've got a lot of games against teams that I think they're better on paper than right now. How many pregame shows are you going to be doing before Eagle wins this year? <laughs> are we including the playoffs in that? Including uh, the preseason? Start with no. the preseason. The Jets are playing yeah. the first game. Why not the last game? Sure. Um, Jody, I have to tell you, Howie Roseman could not have drawn up a more favorable schedule if he did it himself. Uh, first of all, quite simply, they have the one extra home game, which is always a nice thing. Second of all, they play two weak divisions as their out-of-division rivals. Uh, they, Other than Aaron Rodgers, I don't know of another quarterback they played that scares me. So if you look at the Eagles' weakness, it was pass defense, and that's good. And maybe the biggest thing is you get the opportunity to get off to a strong start. You got some weak opponents up front. I love this schedule from the Eagles' perspective. Yeah, Glenn, you, you, Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones don't scare you. Is that what no. we're saying right here? Um, it's no. funny, you know, the and obviously those strength of schedule things are based on last year. I hate to even bring it up, but the last four teams happen to be the NFC East teams because of who the divisions they're playing. So sure. on paper, this looks as easy as it's going to get in the NFL. It does. And, you know, when I I'm always reluctant to do the W's and the L's and all that, because the teams you're going to see in November, uh, you don't know who's healthy, who's hurt. It's always the NFL is is a battle of attrition, right? Who's going to survive? But I think it means more for the first month. Right. You kind of know who those teams are going to be. There will be teams like Cincinnati last year went from nothing to winning, I think, 11 games, getting the Super Bowl. But by and large. I can predict that Jacksonville is not going to be very good in September. Uh, and and the first four is really what I'm looking at as the chance for Nick Sirianni, when he started two and five last year, yeah. to get off yeah, to get off to a really strong start with this team. And you guys know momentum can carry you. Yeah. Right, me... I, I go back to Jake Elliott's sixty one yard field goal. I uh, think that was the, the 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 launch pad for the Super Bowl championship. Yeah. All right, I'll play devil's advocate because we're all too excited here about the Eagles (laughs) looking like an 11 or 12 win team. By week, week six, and now an 18 week season, Mm -hmm. a little early. Last year I was tech because I thought it was a little late. This year it's a little early. I know everybody wants it directly in the middle of the schedule, but they have it right after the Dallas game. If they can win that Dallas game, and oh, by the way, that's the most important game of the year. The Dallas home game after the quick start, they win that one. This place will be rocking. And then you got a bye week right in the middle of it. Did they? Did the Eagles get an injustice there? Because their bye week comes after what could be a quick start and a massive Dallas win. It's a little early. Um, I think I think we all agree. You don't want the bye week too early, and you don't want to be the team. Remember when the Eagles used to be bad? They'd always give them the bye in week 15, right? So you don't want that. To me, ideally, you want it in November, right? When, you know, kind of like weeks 9, 10, 11, 12, something like that, when your guys are just getting worn down. It's a little early, but Jody, if that's the biggest quibble with the schedule, and it may be, I'll live with that. (laughs) But 
they got to win that Dallas game. They've had too many clunkers against Dallas in yeah. recent years. And if you go, I'm just talking from an entirely selfish talk radio host perspective, right? And you guys can identify if they go into that by with a loss against Dallas, it's going to be a long damn two long, weeks. Long two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. And, uh, by the way, just to tell you guys, so the week seven bye is the earliest uh, break for the Eagles since 2016 when it was week four. So it yeah. is pretty pretty early. Um, one positive, though, and, and Jody brings this up a lot, Glenn, is that too many times in recent seasons we've seen Cowboys-Eagles football that's not meaningful uh, mm-hmm. late in the season because one team or the other – didn't have anything to play for. We're pretty much guaranteed these two games are going to mean something. And the second game is the one I want to focus on because that's the game at Dallas, um, Christmas Eve, the last of a three-game road trip. Yeah, that's tough. Now, you know, that to me is the disservice to the Eagles because that might be a meaningful game for the division. Uh, Now, the first two legs of that road trip, by the way, should be easy at the Giants and at the Bears, who are two teams that have clearly signaled their rebuilding. But, man, three games on the road and the last game is against the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve in, in Texas. That, to me, is a difficult spot. So John McMullen is advising. I don't know what the spread is on that right now. I think they probably put out spreads on everything. You were advising avoid that one. Yes. I'm okay. taking the Cowboys there. Yeah. Matter, I'm uh, taking the Cowboys. Yeah. No, I, listen, it makes a lot of sense. Nobody wants to play three state road games in any sport, right? You see that in any sport. In football, it's really tough. You're flying back and forth across the country. The week before that is the Bears, right? Okay. So they're yeah. going to. They're going to they're gonna bust to New York, come back, fly to Chicago, come back, fly to Dallas, short week, right? It's a Saturday game. Yep, yep. All right, so they're 16-1 this year. That's a, that, <laughs> that, that is a tough spot. I, I just hope the Cowboys aren't 17-0 and 0, uh, after that one because uh, we do lament the strength of the mm-hmm. NFC East after these two. All right, uh, GMAC, I just uh, went on a little bit of a rant before we punched you up. The Eagles were improved in almost every facet of their team. Defensive line better. Linebackers better. Offensive line either better or exactly Good. the same. Running back the same. Quarterback is with the quarterback. is Wide receivers, major improvement. <clears throat> A.J. Brown. James Bradbury is sitting out there. They have a hole at CB2. He is one of the – now I'm going to tick some Eagle fans off here. A.J. Brown, John and I went through it last week. For us, he's not quite a top 10 wide receiver. He's just outside. He's in the 11-12 range. James Bradbury is a top 10 cornerback in this league. He's available. He's sitting out there. He's yours for the taking. Howie Roseman, we give him credit all the time for being a great cap manager. Make it work, Howie. Bring in a top 10 cornerback, and the Eagles are legitimate contenders. What say you? Um, I definitely would like to see the signing. I don't know if I see him as a top ten, but I don't want to quibble with you. He's a, he's a real he's a very good um, cornerback. It is clearly a place of need. My guess is, you know, actually, I'm going to take that back. I was going to say my guess is the Eagles would probably want him to sign him to a one year deal. He might want longer, but if you're him, you might want to take that one year prove it deal. We've seen other guys do that, right? They get cut by their team. It's at kind of after free agency is passed. You take the one-year deal. You, you show something, and you sign a long-term deal with somebody. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's ideal. Um, 
I don't know if they've talked to him. No rumors have leaked out that they talked to him. I can't believe their plan is to go into the next season with what they got in the secondary. I wanted him to go after Honey Badger. That didn't happen. Bradbury kind of falling in the lap would be a, would be a really good addition. Now, it, I'm going to go the other direction, Glenn, because I think you're right. They're not going to go into the season with Zach McPherson or Tay Gowan playing outside corner. Um, if they go sort of the Steve Nelson routes, sign somebody two days before the start of training camp, and it's Trey Waynes or Kenny King or somebody of that nature, um, I, obviously it's not going to get people excited, but is that is that good enough to put this team in that 11-win cusp that can win this particular division? Well, you get what you pay for with those guys, and they're okay, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're competent. They're better than what you have. Uh, they're not as good as Bradbury. I don't think uh, that makes a difference. You know what, actually, you know what it's going to boil down to, John? It's going to boil down to whether you have a pass rush that's able to cover up for some of your secondary. Last year, the pass rush was just so, so anemic um, that it, you know, it, it exposed your secondary. They put emphasis on the pass rush. It was their biggest free agent signing, unless you want to count A.J. Well, he wasn't a free agent signing, so it was your biggest free agent signing. And you'd like to think you get a step up from some of the young guys you have there. If you get the pass rush, you can live with a mediocre secondary. That would be my point of view. And that remains, as my friend Jody Mack would say, that remains to be seen. All right. Here's something else that remains to be seen. And I have kind of mixed emotions on this one. You just mentioned the pass rush, uh, the addition of Zahn Reddick. I think the addition of the two rookie defenders from Georgia going to be huge, both on the line and a linebacker. Jonathan Gannon's got more tools to work with. If you give him James Bradbury, I'm going to get people, <laughs> people going to get so tired hearing me say this. Uh, but I absolutely believe Howie Roseman has given him more tools to work with. Do you have faith that Gannon and his scheme can get that pass rush improved this year? That's a great question because, you know, we we heard when they signed Gannon, uh, boy, this guy is a great addition. And we heard at the end of the season, there's other teams looking at Gannon to be a head coach. And in fact, he was on a couple of lists. And it's nothing. It's based on nothing that we saw last year. Now, people who I talk to who are brighter than I, and I don't just mean Ray. I mean, other people, I, well, most people are brighter than I, but people I talk to who kind of really can break this stuff down say look Gannon had nothing to work with last year we went crazy with that passive defense he didn't he didn't do anything show anything please give us something they say he just didn't have the personnel to do anything now he has personnel you ticked off some names it's a it's a show me year for him do I think he can do it Jody I got no blessed idea other people think he can do it I'm ready for him to show it. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on on Jonathan Gannon. A lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts, Glenn Mack, now, because uh, there were a lot of saying, you know, this is a young player. Um, this is a really first-year starting quarterback. Didn't have the weapons. Now we talk about weapons. It's funny how one domino, you start talking about A.J. Brown coming in, all of a sudden Devontae Smith is – a wide receiver two or one a however you want to describe it you have dallas goddard you have potentially the best offensive line in football certainly top five you have a great tight end 
you have a running game that led the NFL in rushing. He's a big yeah. part of it. Um, what more could a quarterback ask for as far as weapons? Um, is it going to be easy for the Eagles to say, all right, we know what we have in Jalen Hurts uh, in 2022? Yeah, this is it. This is this is the show me year. Absolutely. And it's his third season in the league. His second season is a full-time starter. Uh, he's had the entire offseason to learn, to study, to get to know it, uh, to see what he did wrong. Um, this is it. And I think they kind of put it that way. And I think they also hedged their bet by getting that first-round pick from New Orleans for next year. Uh, whether there's a quarterback to draft, I don't know, or there's a quarterback to trade for. But uh, this is the no excuses. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts makes excuses. But this is the no excuses year for that young quarterback. And I also think it's third season is when you would expect a young quarterback to get it. So I'm excited to see him do it. Speaking about excuses, that's one thing on the schedule that I would have liked to see flip. They get Carson Wentz on the road first. I know. I, I, know. I would have loved yeah. to see that game here first. Yes. Yes. He could have gotten his head a little bit. Not that I'm all that scared of Carson down in Washington, but I'd rather knock him off his perch really early on. Doug Peterson <laughs> actually gets the chance before the Eagles. Yeah. You believe that Dougie P against Carson week one with the NFL schedule? Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Doug a great Carson game. week one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but the Eagles get him week three down in Washington. I would have preferred that game be at Lincoln Financial Field. Well, I would too. The good news is, I, I don't know how what how how much uh, home crowd the commies are going to get. So maybe Eagles fans <laughs> take over there again, as they have in the past. Oh yeah, right. They so maybe will. you get yeah, you get those fifteen thousand Eagles fans there. Uh, they he they play here when um, was it like week week eight week nine? Uh, it's a Man. Monday night game, November fourteenth. Uh, so maybe I got news. I tell you, he might not a, even be starting. By the way, it's about a 50-50 yeah. proposition that he's the starter when yeah. they come here. And I, you know, if if he's not the starter, I don't even expect to see him on the sidelines. Yeah, oh, you, think he's gonna, you. you think he's going to do a Ben Simmons and not? Show? Oh yeah. Oh, he's a little. He's going to have that oh. stomach flu. Yeah. Yeah. Eat the food off the stress, food truck. Get that the stomach stress flu. induced back injury. Yeah. Yeah. Which he's had that <laughs> in the pet. He's had the back injury. There you go. Yeah. And and so we know what back injuries can yeah. do. Back injuries can keep you out for a good five, six seasons. That's true. Yeah. All right. What, what, what? I know you got to run, Glenn. So I'll yeah. finish up with this from from my aspect. Uh, every year we know there's one game you lay an egg for most teams in this league. Is there a spot on this schedule? Because I see one that concerns me against a bad football team. And mm. that's the Thursday night game in Houston. Houston. Now, I know everybody thinks Houston stinks. But Thursday night football, the short week, on the, the NFL is, is good. They're not going to make teams. They're not going to make Billy go to L.A. or go to Seattle or vice versa. But man, Houston's a big trip for a Thursday night game. It's still yeah. that that one concerns me. No prep That's, week, no, yeah. nothing. Yeah, you know what's weird? If if I'm I don't have the schedule sitting in front of me, but if I'm correct, you play that Thursday, and then and then you're off till like the following Monday. Don't Monday they have night, like? Right? Yeah, they have the yeah. Monday. That's the Commanders game. That's the right. Game. Yeah, right. I I would rather, which gives them that mini buy. You'd rather have that mini buy before the Houston game, right? But but whatever you don't um yeah i could see that 
I can see that. Um, again, I don't know if you guys do the W's and L's. I, I stopped doing those past the first month a couple of years ago whenever I would look at it and say, like, how did I think Chicago was going to be good? <laughs> right? you, just, you don't know yeah. who's going to be good in December. Yeah. But that's that's a fair point. Any Thursday night game on the road is is a tough, uh, tough haul. All right. I uh, know this is a big part of it for both you and McMullen, GMAC, because you actually have to work on game days. Uh, him up in the booth, you doing the pregame show, either outside or on location. Four primetime games. Yeah. Uh, Eagle fans make a big deal about they get I thought it was five. 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 You and I have both taken calls on it. Oh, they don't respect the Eagle. Why do we only have two primetime games? Oh. Do you realize that since 2000, since the year 2000, started the Andy Reid era, there's only one team in the league that's had more primetime yeah. games, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. They've had more primetime games than Bill Belichick's Patriots. Oh, yeah. But somehow yeah. the Eagles are disrespected all the time. Well, we don't get enough primetime yeah. games. Uh, I know you, you guys would prefer Sunday at 1. Everybody but yes. okay with five prime Not only games. that. Everybody in Mount Laurel's a stinking Eagles fan. They don't realize NFL films, how many Eagles fans and how many people in the media are actual Eagles fans. It's always astonished me that people Listen, don't know. The Eagles are a brand, right? The Cowboys are a brand. And, and as much as I despise the Cowboys, I can't argue that the Cowboys, good or bad, are an attraction because people love them and people hate them. The Eagles, by and large, other than those one and two real clunker seasons, have been a brand. And as you point out, Jody, they've gotten the most primetime games, and they're only a couple behind Dallas. Um, yeah, as a, as a fan, I appreciate the respect they get. As a guy who's sitting out there shivering in December when the sun goes down, yeah. I would be more than happy with 17 1 o'clock games. 1 o'clock you know, Sunday, Glenn. One yeah, Sunday. you know, if you'd asked me that question in my 20s, I would have had a different answer, but what can I tell you? GMAC, get ready to crank up the heaters because they're going to be important games in those events yeah. in yeah. the of January this year. Appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, GMAC and I be doing a show Sunday on WIP. Sunday morning, Ray's off. So uh, be tuned to us on Sunday morning on WIP. Glenn, thanks for hopping on with us. Looking forward to it. Hey, I'll talk to you later today. Done deal. Glenn All right, guys. He was a triple Mac attack. McMullen, McDonald, and Mac now all together here on Birds 365. All right, coming back, got a couple more schedule points to make. Um, we've got Dave Zingaro of NBC Sports Philly scheduled to join in hour number two. Stick around here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Mac and Mac guys, McDonald and McMullen here with John Birds 365. The day after the Eagle schedule is released, the entire National Football League schedule is released, which, oh, by the way, it started at 8 o'clock. They were teasing it all day on the NFL Network mm. up until uh, we had a couple of good leakages here on our show, previous two. Uh, Johnny Mac's got a good source. Someone gave him the Eagle schedule back at the end of our show yesterday, and Darn if he didn't hit it across the board. So that's when you got to put your back pocket and go, okay, this is a good source. I can I can lean on them going forward. Um, we've been breaking it down ever since, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, there are pluses, there are minuses. I think there are many more pluses than minuses to this schedule uh, and the fact that they finish out. I know they got that three-game roadie, which people will complain about. I think, <clears throat> I think I saw on the NFL Network yesterday, there's only four teams in the league that have three road games back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back in the league this year, and the Eagles are one of those four teams. But finishing at home with two in a row against the Saints and the Giants, yeah, John's favorite team, Mickey Loomis coming to town yeah. uh, week number 17. Not a bad way to finish off the season, John. Uh, no, not at all. And one thing I say early, you know, one I always look at themes on schedules, Jody, more than wins and losses because as Glenn pointed out, we don't know who's going to be healthy and on November 27th when Green Bay comes in, for example. But um, you can look at themes. And, you know, it's been a couple of years now where the Eagles have had these light schedules at the end of the season, and it's helped them. Let's be honest. It's helped them. And, you know, you do you do have that three-game road trip, but the first two legs of it are against bad football teams. And I think 
and I've said this on the show before the schedule even got released, I think the two NFC teams who have clearly foreshadowed we're not playing to win, we're rebuilding this thing, are the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. And that's who they have on the first two legs of that road trip. Um, And then they finish the season, week 18, with the New York Giants as well. So, you know. You gotta take care of business there, Jody, with that with that particular team. Late in the season when they know they're bad and they're probably gonna be more worried about draft picks than wins. You gotta take care of business. That shakes out very well for the for the Eagles. The one concern, obviously, is as I mentioned with Glenn Dallas on Christmas Eve. That's a difficult, difficult spot as the final game of that three game road trip. All right, give me your take on this, because over the past two years, I have been woefully wrong about this, Uh, and it came from 35, 40-plus years of watching the NFL to formulate this belief, and then I was exactly wrong with it the last two years. New head coaches. It takes time to build a program. It takes time to take over. It takes time to get your culture in place and the like. Just two years ago, the entire NFC East overturned its coaches, except the Philadelphia Eagles. Dougie P was the only one in place. He was the guy coming back. New Cowboy coach, new Giant coach, new Washington coach. <clears throat> Major advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles. Four and 12. Uh, uh-oh, that's not good. Last year, Eagles, the only team that changes their coach. Who's this Sirianni guy? Oh, my God. He was so nervous up there at the podium in his first press conference. This could be a nightmare. Eagles have a winning season and make the playoffs. So my long entrenched belief of it takes time, you're at a disadvantage when you got a new coach, kind of went by the wayside the last two years with what happened here in the NFC East. How big a deal is it across the NFL this year? Because I look at the Eagles' schedule. We had major turnover in the league. A lot of coaches got fired. There's a whole bunch of new coaches in this league. How big a deal is it in 2022? Um, I, I, first of all, I, I'd like to say I used to agree with you. I used to, you know, say, you know, veteran coaches have a big advantage, especially over rookie head coaches. Not necessarily guys are getting a second chance, but rookie head coaches. Um, that's sort of shifted in recent years. And I think part of it is what we always talk about with the Eagles and the off season program and the shifts in preparation. Look, you only have a certain amount of time. And if you're worried about the lack of time to prepare and you're worried about getting young players up to speed because you don't have the time to prepare them, you're going to have issues you got to find ways to get these guys on the field and utilize what they do well with the time you do have. And I think the younger coaches are more open-minded with that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. Um, I go back to Matt Nagy. I think he won 12 games his first year, and then he got progressively worse. Um, Matt LaFleur in the same division is just winning games, winning games, winning games. Now, a lot of that is tied to Aaron Rodgers, but I said – you know, when he came in to Green Bay, I was like, man, the floor, he's got the most wins in NFL history over uh, his first three years. Um, yeah, it's not the same anymore. Um, so it's always interesting. Now, the, you know, 
I called Nick Sirianni. I forgot who we had on the show. It might have been Glenn uh, in a past uh, um, uh, appearance. I think it was. I, I said I called Nick Sirianni the best rookie head coach in the NFL. I thought he was last year. Some people say Brandon Staley. I thought it was Nick Sirianni. Um, and Glenn said low bar. You know, and he was right. It's probably a low bar last year. Last year's group wasn't that good. Um, but I, so I think, you know, it depends on the year. It depends on the people, but I think there's more of an opportunity than ever for rookie head coaches to, I look at Minnesota week two, like I say, in theory, they're going to take a step back, right? They got a rookie head coach. They got a rookie general manager kind of looked over match draft day. Um, yeah, but I know he's a buddy of yours, but Zim was not good. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. So even if it's a if it's a a, a small spike, people stop listening to Mike Zimmer. Not that he's a bad coach. You know, different generation, couldn't communicate. People stopped playing, bottom line for him. They were tired of the 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 hard ass uh, mentality, tired of being treated the way they were being treated. Now you got the new age guy. They still have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, Alvin Cook, all these playmakers, blah, blah, blah. That might be a team that get, actually gets better with a rookie head coach, at least for the short term, like Matt Nagy in Chicago. And then it got worse for Matt. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. It's not like it was. Who do you like better, the new Minnesota coach or the new Miami coach? They're two rookie coaches uh, coming out of the same, uh, coming from the West Coast, two different programs, but and both of them, you know, it's uh, interesting, guys. I, 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 I think, and I'm obviously in the minority. I think Kyle Shanahan's a better coach than Sean McVay, um, so that would lean me towards Mike McDaniel. However, if if you force me, I would say Kevin O'Connell's going to be better. But all I base this on is Mike McDaniel comes across as too goofy for me. <laughs> I mean, he just he just seems a little bit too wacky. I don't know if that that translates to uh, being a head coach in the NFL, but you know that's not exactly scientific. I I I think Mike was probably trained better because you know other than Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, who I kind of put aside. I think the best coach in the NFL is is Kyle Shanahan. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, and uh, Lafleur is doing pretty well up there in Green Bay. You're, but you're right. Until Aaron Rodgers moves on, we won't really get a great read on Lafleur <laughs> because we all believe it's uh, Rodgers doing that. They've been as good as they have been in the regular season. And yeah, you can judge a coach by the postseason. And Lafleur hasn't done it up there yet. So the the story's yet to be written there. I like Glenn's point about if you look at the Eagles schedule, who's the quarterback who scares you? The guy that, okay, this guy's coming to town. We're in trouble because this guy can win a game on his uh, own. Is Rogers really the only one? Well, there's a couple. I, I think he downplayed. You have Kyler Murray who's still, you know, despite all the issues. Um, in the Which, By the way, let me interrupt him. you right there. Will they work that out? I think so. He says he's not showing up at camp until they get uh, a contract extension done. I and think I, the, I'd rather I think be playing eventually. them. Uh, sorry to uh, stop yeah. on you again. Um, good thing to get them early in the season, 
if Murray holds out, not getting as much time as necessary. Hopkins still on a suspension because it's first six games and they play them first four weeks of the season. That was another plus the Eagles schedule. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, they what were they, 9-0 and last year to start? And right. then they tend to, uh, uh, people start to figure out Cliff Kingsbury. So I guess you can kind of look at it both ways. But he's a really talented guy. Um, and I think he'll be on the field by that point. Uh, I don't, I think they'll work things out. And then, you know, Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I know Eagles fans don't want to hear that, but he's a good quarterback. Um, and obviously he's on the schedule twice, but other than that, then it would be probably Kirk cousins who can, um, you know, he can rip you, you know, he might throw for 400 yards, but he'll find a way to lose the game. So, you know, you might give up 400 yards passing, but you know, how many I, years has cousins been in Minnesota now? Three, be his fourth or fifth year. I'd have to look it up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's been, uh, you know, I I often use Kirk as the example. And this is going back to Washington before Minnesota. Uh, this will be his fifth year at Minnesota. So he's had four. Okay. Yeah. So here here's Kirk Cousins because I just pulled it up. And this starts in 2015 in Washington. Uh, 70% completion rate, 4,166 4, yards. 67 percent 4,917 yards 64 percent bad year for him 4,093 yards 70 percent 4,298 yards 69 percent 3,603 which is his low watermark 3,603 2020 68 percent 4,265 last year 66 percent 4,221 I mean, that guy can sling the effing football, but they can't, you know, if they've had a bad offensive line, you know, there's, you know, and, and you brought up Mike Zimmer, you know, old school coach. He's trying to flip the field. He's trying to play field position. So maybe Kevin O'Connell helps that team. Could, but uh, if you still have uh, cousin stats in front of you, I don't know if, uh, They've got this on the page you're looking at, but I saw it somewhere a couple of weeks ago. Since he got to Minnesota, he's like 32 and 32. Oh, yeah. Curse Cousins has started. He's he is well all time as Mr. Dead Middle of the Pack quarterback. He is the definition of 500. Even Steven. Uh, You don't have to say Minnesota, his career. Here's his career as a starting quarterback, Jody. 59. 59 and two. Yep. But I, 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 and and then you talk about passer rating the last three years 107.4, 105, 103.1. Only one quarterback better, Aaron Rodgers. Right. If you've got over 100 quarterback ranking three years running, you're holding up your end of the bargain. Um, but the teams that he's been on have had other issues and like, as does this one coming in. How much is, how much will Jalen Rager be talked about after week two this year in the Eagles season, John? Ooh, uh, well, he's going to be talked about a lot. You know, he might be gone. So, you know, 
then it turns into a a, a non sort. Well, it'll still be a story, but um, if if Jefferson catches seven balls for 120 yards and two touchdowns, whether Jalen Rager is here or not, we're going to be talking about yeah, it. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, and that'll be done because he probably won't be here. So you're right. It'll probably be week two, and then never speak of Jalen Rager again until Justin Jefferson arrives uh, down the road. Yeah, there was, were there rumors kicking around? Did I read an article yesterday that there were actual conversations about Jalen Rager being traded? Yeah, for Chuck Clark um, uh, on draft night. Um, you know, the Eagles were trying to, the Ravens do need a receiver. Uh, so the Eagles were trying to peddle that. I assume it was, Jalen Rager and for Chuck yeah, Clark. What's the end? Yeah. That's what we got to know. Um, um, Makes sense because you know I've been talking up Chuck Clark since the draft when they took Hamilton yeah. with the 14th pick. I said, they got three starters now at safety. We're down one. It's a trade that makes sense. You're going to have to do better than Jalen Rager. Yeah, well, it didn't get done. So that tells you. I mean, you got to do better than Jalen Rager at this point. But I do think there will be somebody who trades for Jalen Rager at some point because somebody will talk themselves into, well, we like this kid coming out of the draft. I think one part of this revisionist history on Jalen Rager was that, you know, the Eagles made this massive mistake. You know, somebody else was going to draft the kid pretty quickly. I think it was New Orleans, to be honest. Uh, The... The Eagles thought Minnesota was going to take them. Um, and they, you know, there's that video that you've probably seen that the Vikings were. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply ecstatic that the Eagles took Jalen Rager. So yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't going to be Minnesota, but um, I do think it was going to be new Orleans. So he was coming off the board. It wasn't like the Eagles. In other words, what I'm trying to say, it's not like the Eagles were the only team that liked Jalen Rager. A lot of teams like Jalen Rager um, and it didn't work out, but he's young enough to where they'll look back to that draft day and say, Hey, we really like this kid. We got good coaches. We can turn them around. We can, you know, change the scenery. But I'm talking six conditional six round pick, maybe. You know, I'm yeah. That's they'll be able to trade something. The point is, and you go back to the Zach Ertz trade. Howie was was really stubborn on that one. Um, he didn't he didn't want to give up Zach Ertz for nothing, and he ended up not getting much for Zach Ertz. Um, he's being stubborn right now with Shalem Rager. And, you know, sometimes you got to tap out, say, all right, change of scenery is probably both for best for both sides. Key element in the Zach Ertz trade, Tay Gowan. If he's the other yeah, starting quarterback, 
Uh, he might be. We'll we'll see about that. I I did not see enough from Tay Gowan, and you didn't either. But because nobody practices during the year, no. how do you have any idea whether Tay Gowan could play when you don't practice during the year? Um, no. Maybe we'll learn something. And he wasn't here in training camp. That's well, what I'm did saying. I, in practice, did, did I tell you, Jody? I I said it somewhere. It was probably here. If 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 the Eagles don't bring in Bradbury or another better corner. My money's on Tay Gowan over Zach McPherson. Yeah, he said it here yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just based on athleticism and measurables and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, they're just throwing darts with all these young corners. Right. And maybe one works out. Maybe it doesn't. (laughs) I don't want to risk it. I want James Bradbury. Howie, if you're listening. Now we know you're a big Jacob Media YouTube channel fan that you've – done your time here with the guys uh, uh, yesterday here on the channel. Feel free to listen to yours truly. Go get James Bradbury. I, I can't say whatever it costs, because that would be ridiculous, but at least from my guessing aspect of it, it's not going to be outrageous. He's going to get less than a honey badger, don't you think, John? Honey badger got 3-13 and 13 with, was it 16 or 18 guaranteed? I can't remember which one, but... Um, yeah, I think he'll get a little less than that. I think he wants to get to that $10 million figure, uh, Bradbury. Um, and we'll see how many years. Uh, I think ultimately somebody will give him that. Uh, I don't think it'll be the Eagles. Uh, you know, right, the so two- let, let, let me interject here. Are we going to be able to, after the fact, when he signs with someone else in that $10 million range, maybe two years, maybe three, get out after two, whatever else. Are we going to be able to critique the Eagles and go, they screwed up. They should have done that. If it's a team that's lesser than the Eagles as of right now, and we all have our higher ranking and ranking, and at least in the schedule came out yesterday, we're all pretty positive about where the Eagles uh, fall out in the NFC. If it's a team that's less than the Eagles, are we going to be able to critique Howie Roseman and go, how did you not match that offer? Um. Yeah, that's part of it as well. That's interesting, Jody. Because if he signs with Kansas City, like then I think you can lean on, well, he wanted to go to the significant Super Bowl contender, blah, blah, blah. You can lean on that. If he signs with Las Vegas, they're kind of like in the same spot with the Eagles. I mean, they're a good team. Um, I'll tell you why they're behind the Eagles. What, the bad AFC. division. Yeah, yeah, division. And, and conference. Yeah, the division is brutal the AFC West. Um, But they're a good team is what I'm saying. Probably you're right. They have more obstacles to overcome than the Eagles. Uh, So that one would be a little more of a debate, but those are the two teams I've heard in Indianapolis a little bit as well. Um, And they're kind of in the same boat with the Raiders. They're a good team, not great team, probably be better with Matt Ryan. Uh, But, you know, the AFC is a murderer's row at the top. So, yeah, it's you could argue you'd rather go to the Eagles in the NFC. And, you know, who knows other than the Rams and uh, Tampa Bay because Tom's back um, Green Bay because of Rogers. But all those teams have taken significant hits as well. Um, and the Rams, we we're just talking about coaching. The Rams have because everyone thinks Sean McVay is the second coming. 
we we saw it here with the Eagles after the Super Bowl. When everybody starts taking your assistance, that doesn't usually end up well. All right, let me uh, play it from this angle since we're basically talking about recruiting. Um, I'm back to my my baseball roots. Uh, who gets the advantage? A batter who's seen a lot of pitchers before, faced them that many times, but the pitchers know him as compared to a batter facing a pitcher he's never seen before and the pitcher having to face a batter, which he's never seen before. If you're the batter, which would you prefer? To dig in against the guy that you played against before, had some success, or would you rather the unknown? You don't know him as well, but he doesn't know you as well either. Which do you think do you think is better? If you were the batter, well, the it, yeah, I'm going to put one caveat on. I would say the guy I know, but obviously talent. You know, if, it, if it's Steve Carlton in his prime or right. Tom Seaver, same Siever, same, yeah. same pitcher, both sides. Yeah, the talent. Level I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather the guy I know. And I know how he's going to attack me than the guy who's just a wild card. That's why James Bradbury needs to be in the NFC East. He knows he knows what the commander's receivers are all about. He's gone against them two times, both of the last two years. He knows what the Dallas receivers are all about. He's gone against them two times for the last two years. He knows what the Giants receivers are all about. He's gone against them in practice. Oh, that's right. They don't practice anymore. So take that back. <laughs> uh, but he should know the giant wide receivers a little bit. That's a plus. That's a sales pitch. If you're yeah, and normally you know, you right here it, in the NFTs. You normally you see around the league when you look at other divisions, and it happens in this division as well. You'll see guys from um you know the Rams going to the 49ers and vice versa because they're so familiar. Uh, with them uh, for playing them twice a year. Um, yeah, I, I have no <laughs> – you're preaching to the choir with Bradbury. I First of all, I like the player. I, I, I think he's – if anything, he's underrated. I don't go as high as you. I don't think he's a top-10 corner. I, I put it this way. Do, do, well, do well let me finish. I, I, he's a top-10 zone corner. Uh, I don't think he's a top-10 overall corner. Because I think it's press is more important, um, but I think he's a really good player. I think he's a huge upgrade, a position of need, um, and you got to pay for good players. And the Eagles have, you know, proven they will do it. So to me, it comes to evaluation, and I just don't think they look at zone corners and say there's that much of a difference. And by the way, I think they're wrong. Quick question. How much uh, zone did Eagles play last year? A ton. ton. A ton. Oh, okay. So if he's a top 10 in a uh, defense that they play. And that's why I said he makes sense. Not. And he okay. makes sense. He that's makes sense as well. Kind um, of the point I'm making. Uh, do me a favor. You got the pro football, uh, the, the the ratings. Uh, yeah. Power rate. Um, you, you have access. I don't think they break the corners down into – Zone corners and man to man. Yeah, they do. He was top ten in zone. I think it was number nine in zone coverage. Um, but he was not. He was not great um, in man coverage. Do you um, have them for multiple years? The grades. Uh, yeah. Last year. 
Yeah. Uh, well, he was great in 2020. I mean, he was phenomenal. Um, he was he was a top 10 quarterback corner in 2020. Um, trying to pull it up. Last year was not great for him. He was graded as <clears throat> trying to find him. Um, 58th overall. Um, but he was ninth in zone coverage. Um, 2020, he was seventh overall uh, in the entire league, seven out of 121. So he had a great, great season. So he's um, one year f- removed from being a top 10 corner. Yeah. And he was um, a top 10 in zone, which Eagles play most of the time anyway. Yeah. And then before that in Carolina, you know, one of the things, because Dave Gettleman had a lot of, got a lot of crap in New York, and rightfully so. He made a lot of mistakes, but Bradbury wasn't one of them um, because he wasn't setting the world on fire in Carolina, uh, but he knew him well from there and thought he had potential, and he really took off in 2020. And he was still good as as his own corner last year. And remember, that was a bad football team. So that plays into it as well. Uh, the Giants were a bad football team. They're like the Eagles. They never got to the quarterback either. Yeah. And I think he's a good player. Like I said, I, I would have no problem with the Eagles bringing him in. Um, I just don't think they will. <laughs> Which I'm a little disappointed by. I won't say perturbed, but disappointed because – when you make a move, and I know everybody hates when you tie it to just one move, but the A.J. Brown move was so big, and you're paying him so much money, it does slant the way that you look at the football team, that if you want to be part of the we're-not-ready crowd yet that John abhors, for the most part I do too, but John's just a little bit more outspoken about it than we're I am. We're not ready. Then you don't get AJ Brown. As yeah. soon as you lay out the money the and the draft picks to get AJ Brown, guess what? You've declared yourself ready. You no longer have the ability to say we're not ready. You, as an organization, have made a decide a decision. We're in for this year. We really believe we can not only make the playoffs but win when we get there. Once you do that, then you got to make the corresponding moves thereafter. You got to keep playing in that direction. You can't go, all right, no, but now we'll back off. We made one big move forward, but now we're backing off. No, you got to keep going forward and getting James Bradbury well, is that kind of move. I think the Eagles' argument would be, and uh, actually I don't think, I know the Eagles' argument would would be AJ's 24. Um, James is going to be 29 this summer. Um and then, obviously, thirty. How old, how old is uh, Slay? Um, Slay is over thirty, and that's part of it as well. I mean, Darius Slay is not going to play like Darius Slay forever, as he himself has acknowledged. Um, but how, how old was Slay when they got him? Well, yeah, but and, and remember, Slay when they got Slay, uh, they tried to go into different directions before they ultimately couldn't get things done and made the trade. So Slay is um, uh, 31. He turned 31 on New Year's Day, by the way. So, he was tw- so he's 29 when they got him. Yeah. 
And okay, so um, when the, why are we running scared of James Bradbury at twenty eight? Going to be twenty. Well, number they one, they did the exact same thing with Slay. Well, Slay's a better player. I mean, Slay's Slay's a top five corner in the NFL, and he's been consistently for years. I mean, Slay's a big time Prescott. Like you know me, Jody. I I don't think lockdown corners exist. Right, And I think Eagles fans don't realize they have as good as it gets as far as press coverage. Darius Slay is as good as it gets in press coverage. Like, he's in the conversation with Jalen Ramsey. And, and you know, I'm trying to think of other corners. What, what's, what's Slay's? Uh, granted, Slay is better than Bradbury. If I made it sound like I was trying to equate the two, I wasn't. I understand Slay's a better player. What's Slay's average salary? And I'm not even talking about the redo for cap purposes. I'm talking about when they got him and redid his contract. How much per year was he making? Um, I'd have to look it up. I don't. Um, I bet it's 15, 16. 50, I know it was 50, three-year deal, three-year deal for 50 million, 30 million guaranteed. That's 16 so, and that's 16 and yeah. change per. I'm yeah. not saying they should play Brad, Bradbury 16 and change per. I'm saying 10, 11, which is 60 some odd percent. Is Bradbury 60% of a player that Slay is? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, that well, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, but, I, you know. I don't think that's how they would look at it. I mean, bottom line, I, you know, and they're not the only team in the NFL. The NFL pays generally, and this is why Dave Gettleman got a lot of crap for the Bradbury signing, even though I think it was a success, to be honest. Um, You're not supposed to pay for zone corners. You're supposed to pay for press corners. So, you know, if you look at Ramsey, if you look at Slay, if you look, you know, A.J. Terrell's going to get a big deal. Uh, obviously, Trayvon Diggs as a playmaker. Guys like Lattimore, um, trying to think of the best uh, coverage corners. Denzel Ward, I, I think, would be in that category. Um, J.C. Jackson just got his money from the Chargers. Those are the guys, you know, I think the league looks at and says, all right, these are the best corners. These are, and that's because of press, you know. And by the way, I think zone is underrated. More teams play zone. If you're going to play zone, why not, you know. This goes back to cover two and Tony Dungy, and people will will argue today whether, you know, is Rondé Barber a Hall of Famer? And I would argue no. No, he's not. And why? Because he wasn't a press coverage guy. And other people, and we've had Ira Kaufman on. I, I think Ira thinks he should be in the Hall of Fame, if I recall. Um, guy made a ton of plays. I will say that. But, you know, for whatever reason, and I, you know, probably have been pushed into that corner over the years by talking to coaches and scouts and they just value press coverage corners more. But but then they go out and play zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. They talk up press, but when in doubt, let's get into a zone. 
That's and a fair point. I, I'm with you on Rondé, and, and I can tell you the reason why. Because I know how good he was. He made the big play against the Eagles, which the Eagle fans will hate him forever for, but uh, he was a damn good player. He just wasn't as good as Eric Allen, who was a press corner, a man-to-man Yeah, perfect corner. example. Yeah. And Eric uh, Allen, to me, is more of a Hall of Famer than Rondé Barber, but Rondé, uh, it seems on a national level, gets more uh, acclaim for what he did. And I just thought uh, the Eagles corner was a better corner. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quickie time out here, hoping to be joined by our buddy from NBC Sports Philly. Not Barrett Brooks, the now TV star that they've made him into. Uh, <laughs> Dave Gonzalo, you catch on TV a lot, but you also read him all the time on NBCSportsPhilly.com. You're going to see him next here on Birds 365. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story on action search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We bring in another follically challenged 
uh, guest. Not as bad as I. Come on, Jody. He's got a little, Dave's, and, and what he's got is dark. Him, I mean, I it, it, sides yeah. too, but he's got us beat by miles. My beard. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, this is by choice. Most of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, very Come nice. On. When Come when on, was the last time you got a haircut, Dingara? I cut my own hair. Really? You yes. you don't have a ploby, do you, Dave? Not back in those days. You know what a ploby is? I have no idea what that is. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm showing I'm showing my age. You and I'm I both know that one, McMullen. Yeah. Never the, yeah. never have I had a ploby done to me, but uh uh, it's like that was one of the great infomercials of all time, Dave. The Ploby. What, what was is that? It? Ron, was that Ron Popeil? Uh, it might have been. I forget. It was a hair cutting device that you would attach to a vacuum and it would cut your hair supposedly with no mistakes possible. So it made it. I'll so tell you simple. what, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look into oh, it. You got to look it up. It'll probably it'll be on YouTube. Floby, yes. okay. look it up. It's tremendous. I love a good infomercial too. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get stuck watching one of those uh, the knife infomercials, and I'll, oh, that'll be my. Great. Yeah, that'll Some be. The, yeah. That's that's a half hour yeah, cut, for me. That's no problem. I'm a cut, I'm a cut big the brick sham. in half. That's my favorite yeah. Yeah. knife that cuts the brick. Yeah, I'm a big you sham wow guy as well. Big sham okay. wow guy. But, you oh know. shoot, that's. Good. I get that. I watched like the. Uh, I know we'll get the schedule. Sorry, but I watched the. Uh, <laughs> Like all the cooking ones, it's like this is a, you know, an oven that does three thousand yeah, things, yeah. and it's like yeah. you will never use it. Like my parents, <laughs> one time got suckered into one of these things, and it's like still sitting in there, you know. Uh, the my wife, real quick story, Dave. My wife made me buy her the Emerald uh, air fryer, which does like what you're saying, does like mm -hmm. fifty-seven different things. I think we use two things in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, two of the. At least you use it. Yeah, well, uh, exactly. Yeah. Not bad. for a while. Right. It's in the garage now. That tells you how well it went over. Dave Z, if uh, the opposite ends of the spectrum were, he is the missing piece to the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in 2023. To stop, <laughs> don't even bother. Tay Gowan is good enough. Signing James Bradbury falls somewhere in the middle of those two things. Which one is he closer to? You're good with Tay Gowan being the starter or oh yeah, Super Bowl. We're going. Put your money aside. We're going Skipping to Skipping over Bowl Zach McPherson just because I like Tay Gowan. Yeah, uh, I, I I do like Tay Gowan, by the way. But I mean, if, if they have a chance to sign Bradbury, you do it. It's just how much is it gonna cost? And are they gonna be willing to spend whatever it costs, knowing that they also have Darius Slay, who's a really what's he, 16 mil a year on that contract. So you're talking about significant money i i'd be a little scared going into the season with what they have at corner um and it's kind of a numbers game there you have so many young talented guys that it, look if they don't sign someone i'm really looking forward to the training camp and watching that battle because yeah who knows maybe they do have a diamond in the rough because they have so many of them that like your odds increase because you have tay gowan and mcpherson and carrie vincent and some of the undrafted guys they just brought in but if this is a team with serious playoff aspirations to then say, Hey, one of these guys is going to be good enough. I don't think that's good enough. I mean, I think that they need to still add at that position. You know, uh, before we get to the schedule, since we went down this road, Dave, I, from my perspective, because you look at safety, same type of thing, but Marcus Epps has played a little bit. So I think there's a little bit more of a comfort level. 
Um, but it seems like an obvious need, and they don't have the numbers. So in a lot of ways, I'm more concerned about safety than corner because at least I have a bunch of darts to throw at corner. And maybe it's Tay Gallon, maybe it's Zach McPherson, maybe it's Kerry Benson, maybe it's Josh Jove or Mario Goodrich. But you got a bunch of guys. Safety, it's sort of like Marcus Epps or Bust, unless you believe in Kayvon Wallace, and I've seen enough of Kayvon Wallace. Um Am I crazy to think safety is more of an issue than corner? No, I see what you're saying. It's it's kind of on at one position you have at least a baseline with Marcus Epps and then really not much after him. So the depth is an issue at safety, whereas the starter position is a bigger question at corner. So I still think corner to me is a bigger issue because I don't know who the starter is going to be, at least at safety. You know, I, I know it's Anthony Harris. I know it's Marcus Epps. And I'm not saying that's good enough because I, I looked at their secondary from last year and thought they need to improve it. And they've actually done – to this point, and there's still a few months, they've done the opposite. They, they've lost talent in the secondary. So that, that, that should bother you a little bit. But uh, at least Marcus Epps, I, I feel like, is steady and solid. Whereas the, the other corner, like one of those guys might be okay, but – I haven't seen him play. I mean, we've seen Zach McPherson play some mop-up duty, get some snaps when, you know, Slay would leave a game for, you know, a few series, but not enough to feel comfortable with, at least with Epps. Like, you know, we can play. Now the problem is you you typically want to have three safeties. Yeah. <laughs> because there are going to be moments where you want to use one. I came up with an idea a while back. I want to get your take on it. I wonder if in certain situations, the versatility of Avante Maddox lets them kind of play him in that big nickel role and bring like, cause at that point you're just trying to get your best defensive backs on the field. I wonder if it wouldn't be like a Josiah Scott, you know, who they put him in nickel. Yeah. Put him in nickel and then kind of bump Avante back to safety when, when you go with, that that package we, we we brought that up jody and i brought that up dave because you know abonte played safety as a rookie and you know acquitted himself well and some i like Devonte as a safety and yeah. it's a shame because my long-term goal was to get Devonte a safety because I, I just liked him back there he reminded <laughs> me of bob sanders honestly just like an undersized rangy mm. safety who wasn't yeah. afraid to hit uh, for him, I think he's best served <laughs> as a nickel corner. But yeah, well, that's always, the problem. Like, I think he's a really good nickel corner. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to. I I think the Eagles have a top ten nickel corner, and like mm-hmm. I don't want to affect that position by then you're affecting too. It's like the old Stoutman thing. I don't want to yeah. move people around. I don't want to. I don't want to move you know two spots when I got one really solidified. Ideally, then, but Stout will change that when he can get his yeah, best yeah. five out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I hear what you're saying, and there's some. Hey, why not Kaiser White? You know, you have to. You can't call it big nickel with Avante. You could call it big nickel. <laughs> You'd have to call it small, smaller. I don't <laughs> yeah. know, somewhat bigger nickel. Yeah. Um. Why not? You have you have you have three linebackers now. Why not T.J. Edwards, Nicobe Dean? And then Kaiser White is sort of like the big nickel. Yeah, I mean that would work. You when you have linebackers that are two hundred and thirty pounds, you, can, <laughs> you know it's it's not like you're you're running Lavar Arrington out there. You you have some yeah. flexibility, and these guys are rangy enough. I mean, Nicobe Dean can cover 
and he's he can go sideline to sideline. Kaiser White, former safety, so it's like they they have that. And, and you're right that that would actually be a big nickel. Whereas <laughs> what I'm saying, I don't know what to call it. Yeah, would be but, the the double nickel nickel yeah, with two yeah. nickels out there. Buffalo nickel yeah. uh, might be a way to go. Um, let me ask you about a player who we haven't touched on in a while. We touch on everybody on the Eagles defense. <laughs> And this guy has completely become the forgotten man. Um, John just said uh, he's seen enough of Kayvon Wallace. He is what he is, not good enough in his estimation. How about Davion Taylor? Does he factor into their plans at all? They've gone up, they've upgraded at linebacker. Probably does tell you something of what they think of Davion Taylor. We're only two years removed from him being a third-round draft pick. I, I forget what it is off the top of my head. He might have been drafted in right around the same slot that the Kobe Dean was. And he you was think later. about the difference. He was, yeah, it was like one. He was almost wasn't? a fourth round pick. Yeah. He was one right, on one. So late so, yeah. third, okay. A late yeah. third. And it's funny, the third round is really to me the biggest disparity in a round. Like early third round to late third round, because you yeah. have the comp picks. Like it, it, there's a big difference in talent. Uh, I don't know what Davion Taylor is. It was a real shame. For him and for the team that he got hurt again last year, because they were at a point with him where he was starting to show really positive signs. He was starting to get it. He was starting he games, thought, right? There were there were games where he was playing as much as uh, the second most linebacker snaps on the team. Yeah, he was a starter and he was going to be a starter the rest of the way. And then he got hurt. So, I, you know, I, I think if he would have played out the rest of that year and, and shown improvement, there's a good chance we'd be talking about him in a bigger role this year, but who's he taking snaps away from? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Now, I mean, but, like you're taking yeah. Kaiser White off the field. Look, maybe if if and I don't want to put this on him, but maybe if Kaiser White doesn't work out as well as we think, <clears throat> this team has a, a track record of uh, mistakes at that position. I don't think Kaiser White's going to be one of them. I don't think we should judge him based on those past mistakes, but. Sure. If that happens and he's not as good as we think, maybe Davion can find his way on the field because I think that would be the spot you'd want him, you know, because he's so athletic. He'd he'd probably be your weak side guy. Uh, so he's probably the backup there right now. He's There's so much to like about him because the athleticism's there, but he more than anyone else needed to play. He just needed to kind of learn on the job yeah. and he didn't get that chance last year. So um it's tough to find a way for him to get better if he's not playing. And I don't know how he's going to play. So uh, it's a tough deal. And that, that was one of the issues I had when they drafted him because he, he seemed like a guy who was like willing to do what it took, but he needed to just have the on-field experience. And they were I willing think he to... was getting, I think he was getting better, Dave. I, yeah, think. I used to tell I... a joke about him that, he was the fastest guy to the wrong spot that they had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and I think, he, yeah, he started to get better. Yeah. Like his instincts were getting better, and it, like the more he played, the better he got. And so I, I, I really felt bad for him last year that he got hurt because he had yeah. a he had a big opportunity. And now I, I look at the linebackers and think, well, I'm not taking Kaiser White off the field. I'm not taking the Kobe Dean off the field. And honestly, I'm not taking T.J. Edwards off the field in whatever role they give yeah. him. And I think T.J. really helped Davion because T.J. is so instinctive. And and by if the they way, were able to like make one player, like know, if you were able to I put know. Davion's athleticism and T.J.'s instincts together, you'd have an yeah. all-pro. Yeah. And uh, Davion was really physical. He was really bringing a, a, a physical aspect to the Eagles' defense. So 
now he's kind of buried. It's a little disappointing, but that's what happens with injuries. Um, let's shift it to the schedule, Dave. Obviously, um, you know, not a big that's a win, that's a loss guy, but I, I tend to look for themes in the schedule. And this schedule, I don't know, they could have called up Howie Roseman. He couldn't have put together a more favorable one on paper. Um Part of it is playing a bad division. You play in a bad division, you're matched up against a bad division. So I think if you look at all these strength of schedule things, which are meaningless, but you know, based on last season's record, the four NFB, NFC East teams have the easiest schedules. There's a reason for that. Um, what were your themes when you saw the schedule? Uh, a chance to finally start a season on a good note. I mean, the- the last three times they've made the playoffs, it's because they've like overcome these awful starts to their season. Even last year, you know, you yeah. see them getting a hole. Um, this year, they have a real chance here. Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jaguars. To I mean, that's they should be at least three and one through that. If they're not, then there's a problem. You know, uh, they they have to take care of the teams they should be and. That's been an issue for them at times. But I look at the early part of the schedule and think, man, if they can get through the first four weeks with a 3-1 record, then you play Arizona without DeAndre Hopkins, so the timing works there pretty well. Yeah. And then the Cowboys are a tough game. It's been a tough game for them in the past. But they have a chance to go into that week seven bye, which is a little early, but they have a chance to go into that week seven bye feeling pretty good about themselves. And after watching what they've done the last few years, I think that would be a real positive. I mean, the last time they got off to a good start in a season was 2017. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while and go ahead, Jody. You were I was going to say, um, I want to hit on the two Dallas games. Um, you mentioned the Dallas uh, game coming up after what could be a real nice run to the start of the season. And then again, in the back half of the season, they're the third game of three straight games on the road. So one, I think, is advantageously placed the early home game. One is disadvantageously placed the late road game. Is Eagles season going to come down to that late road game against Dallas? Is the NFC East going to be hanging in the balance on Christmas Eve in Dallas? It could be. Yeah, I think it's possible. And it's it's if you have to quibble with the schedule a little bit, they do have a few road games on short weeks, and that's one of them because it's a Saturday game. So that's not easy. You play at Giants, which is just a drive, but then you have to fly to Chicago, come back, fly on a short week to Dallas to play what might you're right might be the most important game of their season. That's not ideal on Christmas uh, Eve. Throw that on, into it as on well. Christmas Eve. Yeah. So they have the chance to either make or break a, a lot of people's Christmases in the Philadelphia area. Uh, it's a tough game, and they've struggled with Dallas. I mean, it feels like that's they have they have to beat Dallas if they're going to win this division, and they, they at least have to split. So uh, they that's a team that's really given them fits in in recent years, and it, it it just has a feeling like they have to get over that hump if they really want to take that next step and be a division winner again. Um, there's always that one game where you, you lose that you probably shouldn't for most NFL teams. Um, and I, I'm looking at the schedule and I think everybody, and I'm going to go to your old stomping grounds, Dave, everybody kind of looks at the, 
Houston Texans and says, well, they're a bad football team. You should win that game. But short week flying to Houston, that is that is a low-key difficult spot for the Eagles. Um, you know, the league never wants to go give teams long trips on Thursdays, but they're never going to go cross-country. But that's as far as they're going to send you. Is that a, a tricky spot for the Eagles? A little bit. I, I, just, I guess. And, and sometimes you have, you know, you play an AFC team, you don't really know that well and anything can happen. But I, I just don't think the Texans are are very good, honestly. Well, no, they're not. The, the one that honestly, the, the one that scares me a little bit more is week three in Washington. Yeah. Um, that's on a short week, too. And I know it's not like a far trip, but. I'll be honest, Carson scares me a little bit because Whoa. you just never know what version of him is going to show up. I mean, maybe he just overhypes himself to the point where he's throwing with his left hand again, but I, <laughs> that's something that and is in the back of my head a little bit because he's still a really talented quarterback. They have plenty of weapons there, and if the Eagles sleep on that game, which I don't think they should in week three, but that's one to me that – if you're looking for a game, like you said, that they should win that is a little concerning, that one comes to mind. Yeah, I said uh, we had Glenn McNow on in our first hour, and I said I would have rather have Carcer at home first and play mm-hmm. him on the road second because they can get inside his head. Think about it. Week three, the commanders are 0-2, and they're coming to Philadelphia, and the Philadelphia faithful are ready to give Carson an earful. That could uh, be – I just – by the way, I love the uh, – the NFL schedule makers giving the commanders the Jaguars. And wow. It's great. I God mean, that man. is, that yeah. is trolling at the highest level for Carson. I mean, not only Jaguars knock him out of his last home, but. Well, here's my concern about coach. Carson though, Dave, because he's here on Monday, November 14th, Monday night football. Um, I think there's a 50-50 chance he's benched or hurt by that point. We might not get to see Carson. We're going to get to see Doug come back um, pretty early, week four. Um, But, yeah, by week three, pretty confident Carson's going to be out there. We uh, November 14th, not as confident. Yeah, but, I mean, he did play the whole year last year. That's true. That's true. You know, he didn't – not necessarily well at all times. But yeah. he played though he stayed healthy. And I mean the commanders don't really have it who is he gonna play that poorly that they're gonna bench him? I, maybe, yeah, who 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 they they start Taylor Heineke. Yeah, Heineke and they, yeah. they drafted Sam Howell, but yeah, I mean, Sam, yeah. Not a Sam round Howell pick guy. though. Fifth I'll tell you pick. the game that scares me a little bit, and probably for a different reason than most people would think here in town. It's the week after against Jacksonville. I still love the quarterback. I know he didn't do much last year, but there was a reason he was the number one pick in the draft and the highest ranked and rated pass. How much did Urban Meyer really handicap that team last year? Doug, just by being the professional that he is, is going to go in there and be better than what they had. I think Lawrence in week four could be an issue for the Eagles, especially if they don't sign James Bradbury. Uh, get them done now, Howie, <laughs> because Trevor Lawrence could come in here and cause some problems week number four with Coach Dougie P on the sidelines. I think they're lucky to have that game early, the Eagles, because 
Uh, I think the longer Trevor Lawrence is with Doug, the better he's going to get. You're still going to see a, a fairly inexperienced quarterback in week four. And I get what you're saying. I still like Trevor Lawrence, too. I, I don't think you – it feels like ever, the world, world's forgotten about Trevor Lawrence, who like a year ago everyone thought was just can't-miss prospect. Uh, so you're right. I mean, he's one year removed from that, and there's clearly talent there. Uh, he was in a awful situation that no first round pick deserves last year. So I'm curious to see how he performs. I just don't know if that team's talented enough. I, I know they spent in the off season, but I didn't necessarily like a lot of what they did. Yeah, I, don't, so, I don't like where they spent or, yeah. you know, obviously overpaying Christian Kirk would be most notable setting off a firestorm. Every other organization is probably angry, including the yeah. Eagles, who had to pay $25 million to A.J. Brown. But I, I want to go to that portion of the schedule, Dave, uh, because that to me is the most difficult from a talent standpoint. You got a three-game stretch, November 20th uh, to December 4th. You're at Indianapolis with Matt Ryan. Uh, Green Bay comes here. Tennessee comes here for the AJ Brown revenge game. Um, is that going to tell us how good the Eagles really are? That three game stretch. In mind, it's it's the toughest stretch on the schedule. Um, three, the only three games in a row, I believe, with uh, teams winning records last year. It's, I mean, that Packers game is as tough as they come. They're just they're a really hard team to beat. I know the Eagles went there a few years ago and pulled off a really a perfect game to beat them, but it's not just perfect not easy. To Jeffrey, not perfect yeah. to Jeffrey. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but I, I mean, that's the, that's the toughest game on the schedule is week 12 against the Packers. I, I know it's a home game. I, I know it's Sunday night football, but no Devonte Adams, maybe we'll uh, hope. I, I still think that's a really, really tough game. Um, and, and then the Titans, we'll see what they are at that point. Um, I don't think the Titans kind of strike the fear into you like the Packers do, but they're a very good team. And yeah, number one um, seed last year. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a very good team. Here's what scares me about the Titans, Dave, for the Eagles. Derrick Henry's healthy. You know, the Eagles have done we'll a see. lot of good things about adding Hassan Reddick, Kaiser White, Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, other than Jordan. A lot of undersized guys on that field trying, you know, that's the one run support game where you go, oh, we we got to stop the run this week. That that might be an issue from a stylistic standpoint. It might be, but you still have TJ Edwards, who you would think in that game would take the field quite a bit. Jordan Davis will help. Uh, I get what you're saying, um, but it's really, it's the, the Titans are such an outlier team that it's like, yeah. I, you know, and at that point, let's see if Derrick Henry's healthy. He's at the point in his career where you start to wonder if after last year, it's like, is he going to be the same guy going forward? I don't know that. I don't think they know yeah. that. If he's not, then that the whole way they've built that team doesn't work. So uh, as, as good as we think they are and as good as they've been with him being this insane runner, it's like at a certain point, he's not going to be able to do that anymore. So – I don't know if it's this year, but if it is, we'll probably know by that point in the season if, if they're not the same team. 
All right, Dave, uh, I'd love to give Howie Roseman credit for this, but I think it's more the National Football League and the way they lay out their calendar and the fact that it's a 52-week-a-year game these days. For all of Feb- all of uh, most of the end of January, into February, into March, all we talked about here in town was, is a quarterback good enough? Are they going to get another quarterback? Are they going to trade for Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, blah, 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 blah. And the Eagles stuck to their guns. We like we like our quarterback. We're going with our quarterback. We believe in our quarterback. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. And there was a lot of question marks surrounding him. Because of the draft, because of the schedule, we <clears> kind of <throat> like a magician. Everybody look over here. Meanwhile, over here, something's going on. Jalen Hurts is still over here. And are we going to return to... Uh-oh, we forgot our quarterback isn't the top 10 quarterback. He's not a top, top half quarterback. Have the Eagles been able to maneuver themselves into a place where just throw Jalen out there and we'll be good enough? Or are uh, all of a sudden it's going to catch up to them that, yeah, we didn't upgrade at the quarterback position? We'll see. You know, they it, they, no, they have a choice now. It's they, they gave him A.J. Brown, and he has a good line. He has some weapons. And we'll find out. I, I, you know, I, the one thing that is totally truthful and I, they believe it. I believe them when they say it is that Jalen's going to maximize his potential. The problem is we don't know what that means. We don't know what the ceiling is. Uh, I think he's going to get better. I do. I really truly honestly believe he's going to get better. Do I think he's ever going to be a top quarterback? I, I don't know that. I, and and I think there are reasons to really doubt that based on what we've seen from him. And I, I like Jalen. And I, I think they like Jalen. And that matters, <clears> too. <throat> you know, the, the team likes him. They're going to play hard for him. And I think he can be a functional player. Can he be a great player? He has to prove that. He hasn't done that yet. He's gotten better. And it's, it, it's funny because that playoff game was so bad, it's really tainted the way <laughs> we all think about Jalen Hurts. Because – if they had missed the playoffs with a nine and eight record and we didn't see him stink it up in Tampa, we probably think a little differently of Jalen hurts right now. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I think we would have looked at him and said, Oh, you know, this guy in his first year as a starter, he got a lot better. The team improved. They won nine games. They, they missed the playoffs and, and we want to see him in the playoffs, but there's reasons to be optimistic. The problem for him is he went into the playoffs and he was awful. I mean, he had one of his worst games in the biggest moment. And we know the injury was more significant than we initially thought, but he wasn't very good in the biggest moment. And it's, I think we've viewed the entire offseason through that lens. And fair or not, that's what's happened. And I, I, it's just funny, though, to think about if he didn't play in that game, what if he was, what if he said he was too hurt to play? And they said, you're too hurt to play. Gardner Minshew plays, he stinks they lose. I think we're talking this offseason has yeah. a much different feel to it than it does. That's true. What if Gardner wins it though? Ooh, Ooh that well, would then, be yeah, then, then yeah, you have that'd a different that'd be a different, <laughs> be a different, different mm-hmm. vibe. He is Dave uh, Zangaro. Read him at NBCSports.com at the Zangaro NBCS on Twitter. Uh, Eagle iPod with Ruben Frank. You guys have that up right after the schedule. So if you want to hear their thoughts on the schedule, get it there. Uh, I'll leave you with this one, Dave. Um, and I was surprised by this. 
when we talked to Hassan Reddick earlier this week, kind of gave us a little nugget um, about how the Eagles have shifted their coaching staff and that sort of the outside linebacker defensive ends are working with Jeremiah Washburn, uh, the interior defensive lineman working with Tracy Rocker, the linebackers, obviously with Nick Rollis. Um, does that tell you anything about how they're going to play their defense, how it's changed their defense, or is it more about the shifting of the personnel department? Cause there's a lot of stuff there. And Jeremiah had that dual role, part scout, part coach. What, what did that tell you? Yeah. It gives another hint that this is going to be a really hybrid defense and it's, it already was like, we saw them do a lot of different things last year, but there have been all these little hints this offseason, and Hassan Reddick signing was one of the biggest ones, but also drafting Jordan Davis. And then one of the, you know, drafting Kyron Johnson and then signing Noah Ellis after yeah. they've, they've kind of brought in these prototype nose tackle outside linebacker players. I mean, they're going to be in three, four a lot. They just are. And it's, uh, I don't think like you know Nick Sirianni was asked, is their base going to be a four three or a three yeah. four? I don't. It's a it's a valid question. I don't know if it's the most important one because what they are out there with the first play of the game, like, yeah, they're going to be matter. in nickel most of the time anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah. I I really think Gannon wants to get to the point where it's very weak dependent. It's you know he he's looks at an offense and says, what's our best bet to beat this team? And I think now he has enough versatile pieces to do that. Uh, but I think the hints are, are pretty obvious that, you know, we saw a little bit of a hybrid defense last year, but how hybrid was it really? I mean, at times, I, I think it's going to shift a little bit more where we're going to see them do a lot more different things this year. And the key guy is going to be Hassan Reddick. He will be the one that kind of dictates how the hybrid works or not. Is he on the hand on the ground? Is he playing off the line? That'll kind of dictate it more than anything else. David and Gerald, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much for coming on with us. Tell your buddy, Mr. Frank, we send our regards. Thanks for jumping in today. Thanks, guys. David Thanks, David. David Garrow from NBC Sports Philadelphia here with us on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout. We got to put a bow on the show, a bow on the week here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Get your Mac and Mac guys, McDonald and McMullen. Get ready to enjoy a weekend. Johnny Mac, you going to do any writing this weekend? You got stuff you got to write, or? Oh yeah, always, Jody. Always, it never ends. Come on, never. The wife, wife doesn't have a honeydew list ready for you. Oh yeah, that too. Believe me, <laughs> he does it all on the weekends. All right, then I got a couple of shows to do this weekend. But sure enough, we'll be back here on Monday. So that's what I'm going to put the bow on the show with. Two guys that by the time we return to the airwaves here on Monday morning, I will ask you about their whereabouts. Will James Bradbury be an eagle by the time we get back together on Monday morning? No, no, no. I think, you know, I think that they were going to seize the opportunity. It would already be done. So I think we're in a wait and see mode, Jody. They're playing the waiting game and letting the league dictate somewhat what they're willing to do. Sometimes that works. I How many times did I say here on this show, tip of the cap to Howie Roseman, he waited on Stephen Nelson. He waited on Stephen Nelson. He waited on Steve. And I'm going, get this guy in here. What are you doing? They need another quarter. And he waited, he waited, waited, and he got him at his price. Yeah. So he played the waiting game quite well last year. I hope they don't misplay this one. I think Bradbury is a phenomenal fit with this team. All right. Uh, one other guy, his whereabouts as of Monday, we need to know. Will Andy Weidel still be a Philadelphia Eagle by Monday? Hmm. By Monday, yes. Um, it seems like Pittsburgh is taking its time. And it can this time of year. They're the only team looking. Um, and they they're at four external interviews at this point. Uh, two internal interviews, uh, and these are the second round of interviews. 
Um, you know, once they stop informing us they're they're having second interviews, I think that's a clear indication they're they're going to make their decision uh, pretty quickly. So I think it'll happen by the end of next week. They'll make their decision, but by Monday, I'm going to say probably not. Um, you never know. Maybe they'll take the weekend and mull. Um, you know, Andy's got a good shot though. Right, I got guy. Steelers used to work for the Steelers. Um, they're very loyal. They remember people. He's got a good shot. I lied. I have one more person to ask about. Person X. Will the Eagles have an announcement on another addition to their front office, or does that go hand in hand in with what Andy Weidel does or doesn't do as far well, as the Eagles goes? never announce it? So no, there might be a, a breaking story. They hired a scout from uh, Denver. Uh, I forget his name offhand. There might be something of that nature. When the Eagles announce uh, their personnel department, it will be all at once. Uh, one uh, just release and promotions and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that might that might not be for a while because they've got they got to yeah they got to they got they got still a bunch of holes to fill. Yeah. So, so uh, um, you're telling typically, me I would think it it comes by the end of the month in a typical way, uh, maybe a little bit longer because of all the movement, but I think we'll probably get it by the end of the month. The Eagles are a patient team. Maybe they'll be the same about filling the openings they have in there. We front never front. gave wins, Jody. How many wins you got? Oh, shoot. We never actually did that. Did we? No. How many wins you got? I'm just going, I'm not going down. Give me a number. <sighs> I'm going to say they're going to win 11 games. Well, that's yeah. right where I am. We're always right there. That's no fun. I got Sorry 11 I got 11 wins. But you said which way you're going. Yes. I'm going down. 11 you would, down. You would say a, a, a softer 11 rather than a harder 11. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they can win 12. We're the Damn. same again. No. It's the same thing. Damn it. Damn. I I'd go backwards to 10 yeah. before I'd go up to 12. But I think they're an eleven-win team. Yeah, yeah, eleven. That's pretty good. That's pretty six, good. Eleven and six is damn good. All the right, expectations uh, are raised officially. But here's here's the key: if they sign James Bradbury this weekend, well, then you're going to twelve. I'm going you? to twelve. Yeah, I'm going to twelve if they get James Bradbury this weekend. All right, we'll see if that happens. Either way, I will catch you on Monday, Potter. All right. All right, Jody. We'll be back in two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. 
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big.